Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. Will you pray with me this morning? Gracious and almighty God, we come celebrating your resurrection. Resurrection of Jesus Christ and what that means for us this morning. That we are no longer trapped in graves, graves of our own making. That we are released into the world to serve you, to love you, to love our neighbors. God, this is the day of celebration. This is the day that we remember all of those good things that you have done for us. All those places that you have reached out to us. All those places that you have been so very faithful. And so God, as we get ready to hear your word this morning, we want to proclaim your goodness. Because God, you are so good. Amen. Our scripture passage from this, for this morning comes from two places, First uh, Corinthians and Mark. And so First Corinthians is First Corinthians 15, 1 through 11. Oh, yeah, I put them in backwards, didn't I? Uh, and so here's Paul writing to that church in Corinth. Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the gospel I preached to you which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance, which I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and, then, and that he appeared to Cephas and then the twelve, Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me, for I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preached and you believed. And then Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. 
And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, who will roll the stone away for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting in the right, at, on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. May God add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen. So here we are. It's Easter morning. What are we looking for this morning? Maybe a, a message of hope, a message of renewal, a message of new life, maybe a message of resurrection. That's just what Easter morning is. It's all about. It's a message of hope, a message of resurrection, of new life in Jesus Christ. Now, before we get into a couple of lives, I want to take a look at two different lives here this morning, but before... Let's take a quick look at, at Mark chapter 16, because I want you to see this. I've talked about this before, but the faith and perseverance of Mary Magdalene, Mary, mother of James and Salome. And so we, we heard that in, in verses one through, 1 through 3, where it says that uh, the Sabbath was passed and they all had brought spices so they might go anoint him. And they got there early that first day of the week when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. But on their way, they were saying, hey, who's going to roll the stone away? Who's going to roll the stone away? I mean, sure, they believed in Jesus Christ. After all, they were the first ones to arrive at the gravesite that morning. And here they are, the first morning after, the, after over the Passover, coming to, I guess, in effect, you could say, kind of laying flowers on the grave of Jesus. They, they brought spices to anoint the body of Jesus, but here is where their faith shines because this is where their faith is proclaimed in their actions. This is where, if you don't miss it, we see their faith get put into action despite impossible obstacles. They went and bought spices after it was the Sabbath was over. They didn't actually have the spices prior to. So they needed to make a special trip in order to get the spices to anoint the body. Guess we might say, big deal. Why would you make such a big deal about a special trip to purchase something? I think we all would do that, but, but think about this for a moment. Where was the body of Jesus laid? I mean, was he in a room off a guest house, down at the hospital? No, he was in a tomb purchased by Joseph of Arimathea, a tomb that was cut out of a rock and sealed with a huge stone and guarded by Roman soldiers. How are they going to get into the tomb? How are they going to anoint Jesus' body with a tomb guarded by soldiers and covered by a huge stone? 
They wondered that themselves as they walked that day to the tomb. But despite overwhelming obstacles that were in their path, they walked on in faith and in perseverance, knowing that God would provide. We should too. We should too. Continue to walk on despite any obstacles that are in our way. Okay. Two lives that I want to talk to you about this morning. The two lives are those of Peter, disciple of Christ, and Paul, apostle of Christ. Both of these men come from those lectionary readings that I just shared from Mark and 1 Corinthians. So sometimes we wonder why certain passages are put together on a given Sunday. So what would these two have to say for us today? I think we should probably just begin with the two that that are mentioned. Peter was a disciple of Christ. Peter was with Jesus from almost the very beginning. He was one of the first disciples whom Jesus called. Jesus, you remember, approached the boat where Peter and his brother Andrew were fishing, not catching anything away. I know that very well. It's something that I'm used to. Jesus told him to cast their nets on the other side of the boat. Now, I could just picture them in the boat that day. Who does this guy think he is? We've been out here all day and we haven't caught a single thing. We are seasoned fishermen. While this guy doesn't look like he's ever cast a net in the water in his life. So what does he know? I'm sure that casting our nets on this other side is going to help. Of course, we probably know the rest of the story. They cast the nets and they're amazed by the number of fish that they bring in that day. And now, believing in Jesus, Peter is told that he will be fishers of people. Peter's response? He follows. Faithfully, throughout his ministry, Peter pledges allegiance to Jesus throughout his ministry. Well, almost throughout. We do have this little instant where he denies Jesus three times. That might be a little like us today. Maybe we were born and raised in a Christian home. We were taught the stories of the Bible through Sunday school. I mean, it kind of sounds like my life. Maybe yours too. My life, like many others, followed a gradual path of learning and accepting Jesus as my Savior. But I, like Peter, have denied Christ in my life many times. It's not something I'm proud of and not something that I ever really want to do again, but I know that it's going to happen. And here is where I find hope in the gospel reading today. When the women were addressed by the young man wearing the white robe, they were told to do what? Go and tell the disciples. But there is more. Because they're not only told to go and tell the disciples, but also Peter. Some translations uh, actually say, especially Peter. So Jesus says, go tell my disciples and Peter, or go tell my disciples and especially Peter. The emphasis is on singling out Peter. I believe this comes from Peter's denial of Jesus. I mean, what could Peter have been feeling in that moment? He's denied Jesus three times, and now Jesus is dead. No chance to ask for forgiveness. Story's over. Desperation sets in. 
Depression comes in as questions start to swirl in his head of, what have I done? Can Jesus ever love me again now that he is gone? But, but Jesus wants Peter to stay, but Jesus doesn't want Peter to stay in that place. Jesus wants Peter to know that he has not forgotten about him, that he has not left him alone, and that he has not deserted him, that he has not disowned him. I believe Peter is mentioned here because Jesus wanted Peter to know that he is loved and that Jesus needs him, that Jesus wants him, that Jesus desires him. This isn't just for Peter's sake this morning. Maybe that's for you and me as well. I mean, no matter how many times we've denied Jesus in our lives, he still wants us all to know that he will never leave us, he'll never disown us, and he will never, ever forget about us. Jesus loves, needs, and desires each one of us. His desire, he desires us to do what he has called us to do in this world, to testify and witness to the world around us what this morning means about what Jesus Christ's life, death, and resurrection really means to our lives. Well, maybe you say, I don't know that I can really relate to Peter that much. I came to know Jesus a little later on in my life, later in this Christian mission. Maybe I was baptized later and had a life before Christ when I really knew that I wasn't a Christian. Have you heard about Paul? Unlike Peter, who began following Christ at the beginning of his ministry, we hear of Paul in Scripture during a time of persecution. Paul is persecuting Christians, even approving the stoning of Stephen. Peter pledged his allegiance to Jesus Christ, while Paul's allegiance lied with the Roman government and the authorities. Paul was of the world. He didn't believe in Jesus Christ, although his dramatic conversion, after his dramatic conversion, he could not deny Christ in his life. You see, this came after Paul met Jesus. He was on that road to Damascus when he saw that bright light, and he heard that voice asking him, why are you persecuting me? And Paul was told to go on to Damascus and wait there for instructions When he went to leave, he realized that he was blind. So he did as he was told. Meanwhile, in Damascus, a man by the name of Ananias is told to go to this house on Straight Street. And there he will find Paul. And he was to cure his blindness. Of course, Ananias balks at the first mention of this. I mean, can you blame him? You want me to go where? Is this a trap, God? But in the end, in his faith, Ananias follows God's command and does what he is told. He cures Paul's blindness, baptizes him. I think you know the rest of the story. Now, Some of you may relate more with this type of story in your life. Maybe not with the blindness and the bright lights, but you had a moment in your life when you realize that you are not living the way you should. You were convicted by the Holy Spirit to change your ways and live a life glorifying God's name. You remember your life 
before you knew Christ. You remember the change that came when you decided to live for Christ. It is here that Jesus calls out to us like he did to Paul to tell us that he needs us, that he wants us, that he desires us, and that he does not want to do this without us. And here we find some of the greatest words for us today. In our passage from 1 Corinthians, we find Paul speaking about the resurrection of Christ and that it was for our sins that he died that he was buried and on the third day rose from the grave for my sins, for your sins. Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price, death on a Roman cross so that we can have eternal life. And this is a gift of God, a gift of grace given freely to all. Here Paul gives us a glimpse into his humility as we read verses 9 and 10. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Here Paul is speaking for Peter in his denials, Paul in his persecutions. He is speaking to you and to me in our denials of Jesus, to you in your denials and persecutions, to all of us falling short of being worthy of this beautiful gift of grace. It's so hard to, to live a life that is worthy of grace. In fact, it's nearly impossible. But that is why it is so amazing. Like Paul, we don't deserve to be called an apostle. We don't deserve to be called a disciple. We don't deserve to be called a child of God. But guess what? God does it anyway. God does it anyway. My God is a God of love. A God who loves unconditionally each and every one of us, whether we are denying or persecuting others in our lives. God never changes his love for us. I mentioned that the other week, that God will not love you less because of any of this. You know the passages. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Or how about... But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So on that day, Our final day, when we finally see Jesus in all of his glory, I wonder if the question will be, did you believe? Not just did you believe in me, but did you believe that I loved you? Did you believe that I desired you? That I waited for you day after day, that I longed to hear the sound of your voice? In our lives, our broken, sinful, and desperate lives. 
Jesus Christ comes to us this morning, this sunrise morning, this Easter morning. Just like he showed up to Peter after the resurrection, asking Peter three times, do you love me? Just like he appeared to Paul on that road to Damascus, Jesus now comes to us here in this sanctuary or in your home. He has a word for all of us. And maybe it's this. I dare you to trust that I loved you. Just as you are. Not as you should be. Because none of us are as we should be. God loves you. And his gift of grace is for you here this morning. It's bound up in the promise and in the hope of the resurrection. We are resurrection people. We are no longer held by the power of death. Jesus Christ has broken those chains eternally. So as you reflect this morning, I want you to think about God's love for Peter, God's love for Paul, and most importantly, God's love for you. Will you pray with me? Almighty and loving God. God, we thank you for that message of love, of hope, a message of resurrection. God, as we rise early in the morning this Easter Sunday, as we search for you. God, may, may we not search in the dead places. May we not search in the tombs, but may we search for you in those around us, in our own lives, in our hearts. And may we hear your voice tell us just how much you love us. So speak to us this morning. Give us those words. And remind us who we are. And even more than that, remind us whose we are. In Jesus' name, amen.